No, sorry, I got a little sidetracked talking with uh, my next guest off air and uh, ran out of time. I know, I'm just honest. That's just really what happened. That's all it is. A lot of moving parts. And uh, I love, love, love our next guest this morning, Will Martin. And I, you know, I want to say in a really, really small voice, former uh, uh, candidate for lieutenant governor, because I believe that the best is yet to come for our friend Will Martin, and I look forward to uh, his announcement at some point. Uh, and you know, of course, I will be right there with him. Will Martin, good morning. How are you? Oh, God bless you. You are so wonderful, and I, uh, you know, you were just incredible to endorse me when I did run, and uh, I can't imagine doing anything like that again without you. So I really continue to appreciate you and you always make me smile yeah well you're the most gracious person i know i have to say that if you go out to and and for our listeners you should have a twitter or an x account because you can go out to will martins and uh, he calls himself as he is business owner and government reformer and you know i'm so grateful for your voice in wisconsin i'm so grateful for your mind when it comes to how to prevail and how we need to look at things a little bit differently or a lot a lot a bit differently here in Wisconsin if we are going to win elections in the future particularly statewide elections and I know that you've got a formula something that you have been working on let's talk because I know when you announced we had a discussion about and I think you know it's not particularly uplifting to hear about how much uh, abuse, uh, I guess, waste there is in our state government, but it's a necessary conversation to have to make people aware of what's going on. Yeah, Meg, I mean, people of Wisconsin are so good uh, and they're generous and they just assume because they do their jobs and they work hard that everybody else is doing the same, that the decisions being made must be good, right? You wouldn't ask people for more money than, than the government needed. Well, turns out um, as I was saying when I was running for office, the government's asking for a lot more of your money than the government needs. Um, and it's actually detrimental uh, to both sides. So one of the things I wanted to make sure to talk to you about is, uh, you know, as I had talked to you during the campaign, you know, I I'm the was the only person running who had worked for both Governor Thompson and Governor Walker and then spent all the rest of my time in the private sector. You know, I was just in government long enough to see what was going wrong. Um, and trying to help reform that, but spent the vast majority of my time in the private sector. And, you know, one of the things that we've all seen is lots of companies have decided not to have as much office space, right? A lot of those companies are starting to cut back or have already done that because you make changes as as the environment changes. State government has, has done some changes, but not to the better, unfortunately. You know, when, when we had this COVID, uh, you know, mess that started, uh, Evers just let everybody start working from home. Now, um, as a result of that, uh, Legislative Audit Bureau came in um, well after my campaign and after my raising this issue. They did a study um, and issued the report just late last year uh, in December, and they found you know, there are 39 state agencies, and we can certainly talk about that on another occasion. There are entirely too many state agencies. They didn't even study all 39. They just looked at 26. That was two and a half million square feet of collective office space. Two and a half million square feet. 
And what they found was the vast majority of that space is simply not being used. Um, and they, and part of what they did was they uh, not only looked at the overall, but then they drilled down. They looked at four state office buildings that should have 3,400 employees. These are the people assigned to work in these four buildings, according to the records. When they looked, um, you know, one of the ways that we know if people actually show up to work at uh, state government is uh, they're issued a key card to be able to get in into the private spaces, right, the workspaces beyond public uh, public uh, uh, spaces in those buildings. What they found was um, of these 3,400 employees, when they looked at the average that they had actually shown up to a building, between January 1st of last year and June 2nd of last year, these folks used their key cards an average of only 1.3 days per week over the 22-week period. It's so maddening, Will. It's just insanity. So, oh. so are these buildings that are, well, let's just put, let's just call it what it is, owned by the taxpayers or is this space oh, that's... Yeah. Oh. But but, that, but it's not just owned by the taxpayers. So now, look, we have, as we say, two and a half million square feet. That's not just what we own. We then, on top of owning buildings, which are not on the tax rolls, right, we, on top of that, then rent more space. So we've got spaces all over the state, um, with the vast majority of it being in Milwaukee and Madison. Um, but, you, again... You know, and of that 3,400 I mentioned, you know, during that 22-week period from January 1st to then June 2nd of last year, there were 122 people out of that 3,400 they studied, 122 state employees who never once used their key card from January to June, never once used their key card. So, so you, you got to uh, – sorry to interrupt you, but you got to wonder mm-hmm. if they were – even doing anything or just collecting a paycheck? Well, that's the thing. So they didn't just take it on the basis of, hey, they use the key card. Then the Legislative Audit Bureau, on behalf of the legislature, they actually went to these four office buildings that they were using as the test cases. So they didn't just rely on the key cards. They then went to the buildings. Now, that research on key cards was from January to June of 2023. During July and August, Legislative Audit Bureau staff went to these four buildings they drilled down on, and they went six different times, and they made sure that they went, um, you know, to go check them out at least once on Mondays through Fridays, right? Six different visits, and there are 15 different agencies in these four buildings. In those buildings, they found that the best, the best Department, Office of Commissioner of Insurance, they actually use 34.5% of all the workstations they have. Two-thirds of the workstations not being used, and that was the highest utilization of anybody's workspace. So, you know, the you know the Department of Safety and Professional Services, you know, that's the department that's supposed to be processing your ability to get, you know, professional licensure. So whether you are a cosmetologist, you, you, you know, finished your school and you're becoming a barber, a hairstylist, you can't work unless you get your license from the state of Wisconsin. And it's the Department of Safety and Professional Services that provides it. 
if you've got a healthcare license, um, you know, you have to get it through this department. Well, that department had months and months and months of backlog where people could not work legally in this state because they hadn't been issued their license. Well, guess what? When they went through their workstations, 72% of all the workstations for Department of Safety and Professional Service, unused, empty. And, you know, Department of Corrections, they're keeping us safe. Well, they went through and looked at their workspace, 75% of the workstation empty. And you know what a great job DPI has done, Department of Public Instruction. They've just done a bang-up job. They had 5.3% of all their workstations were actually occupied. That's not to say they were actually doing anything, clearly, but um, only 5% of the workstations in their workspace were being used. So, and then they went to Wisconsin Higher Educational Aids Board. Now, that's another department that all they do is financial aid for Wisconsin residents. Zero, zero of their workstations were being used. So, so are they able to drill down? I mean, presumably these state employees have to log into some sort of state uh, computer system. Are they able to determine if these people were actually even doing performing a, a job that's worthy of taxpayer paychecks, funded paychecks? Hey, Meg, you're, Meg, you're thinking private sector. Oh, sorry. So of course, sorry. of course, you would have to log in, and of course, we would know that, right? No, no, they don't keep track of this, and so here's the issue that that comes up: is they had to use these two different uh, means of identifying whether people were physically working, you know, at, at state. Because, um, you know, the, the IP addresses, the way that they track, mm -hmm. they're not able to say whether or not the people were actually, you know, working, not working. They don't keep track of it. Um, you know, and, and I just want to make sure your, um, your listeners know, hey, if you're going to go to a state office building and expect to see somebody, please don't go on a Monday or a Friday. They found in this report that just 10% of all workstations were occupied by state employees on Mondays, and only 16% of work st uh, workstations were being filled on Fridays. So if you're going to go to a state office building, you're vastly better off going on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Gosh. Oh, and then, Meg, they had um, something called telework agreement. And so some of the state employees were able to sign agreements saying, hey, I will work remotely but this is how many times I will come into the office. Well, you know, many of the state staff never actually ended up with these agreements. So there's no agreement on the books as to how often they're supposed to come in. They just aren't. Um, but those who sign these agreements, in many cases, they're not meeting the expectation. And furthermore, the state has no way to track how many of the people that sign these agreements are actually living up to what they signed? That sounds about just about right for you know how accountable people are. Uh, yeah. are, are not well. I should say those in the in state government evidently aren't aren't being held accountable for their actions or inactions. So well, remember, are there any? You're are, paying. I was oh, just going to ask you. Are there any legislators that are particularly interested in this enough to craft legislation to, to put an end to this? Well, this is one of the reasons why this report came out, and virtually no mainstream media covered oh, this report I'm at shocked. All. I'm shocked. Not yeah, I, Right, exactly. 
so I've, uh, you know, I was invited by Wisconsin Right Now, um, which is one of the state's conservative, uh, leading conservative uh, online publication, uh, to become a columnist. And this is one of the things I've really tried to take on. I'm trying to make sure that the people of Wisconsin know about this issue, that they can begin to hold their legislators accountable. The report's been done. Now there's a question of what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's so crazy. You would think that people who work for the state of Wisconsin would actually, you know, live in the state of Wisconsin, right? Or realistically, if you were on the edges, maybe you live in Illinois or you live in Minnesota, maybe even uh, Upper Peninsula, which should be Wisconsin. So th- those would make sense. But we actually have 26 state of Wisconsin employees who not only don't live in the state, they don't live anywhere near the state. And furthermore, some of those people actually charged the state of Wisconsin to travel back here to report to uh, a given uh, a given office. So we, we literally paid out thousands of dollars in some cases for travel reimbursements for people to come back to the state. We've got people living as far as Utah um, and, and perhaps further that I'm not aware of, but we certainly know. Um, that there are folks that work for the state that do not live anywhere near uh, the state of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, and my you, head's exploding right now, Bill. Will, I'm yeah, just... this is this is why I wanted to bring this up. It's it's uh, you know when we were in the campaign and bringing these issues up, and I know there was a lot of noise and a lot of different uh, candidates running. But this is what you know. You, you need the experience to know how to find it, but you also need to have the leadership to take it on and to do something about it. So, you know, while we didn't win, I'm continuing to fight the good fight and bring these issues up. I want people to know that they're paying for maintenance and utilities and insurance for buildings, in some cases, for buildings that the private sector has asked to buy and the state of Wisconsin would not sell the building. Well, you know, that's what was going to be my question is, is that, and for, for those that are listening, I mean, that's, that would be, you, you'd think that would be the logical conclusion is that an unused building could be put up for sale. That would generate some revenue to the and state. And it would put it back on the tax roll. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. So uh, let's, let's talk again, you know, and I guess how, how does one tackle a problem like this because i l- let's just say there's especially now there's there's legislation presumably by republicans i mean hey i would love to see democrats step up and acknowledge that this is a significant problem and want to be part of the solution but i mean how do you get uh how do you get some of this changed if you have a democrat governor that has never met a dollar that he doesn't want to spend well, exactly, and, and he's enjoying spending them. I mean, so this really is, is about the leadership. What I've been recommending is that there be a review of every one of the buildings. Again, there are 39 agencies. They only looked at 26. So we're talking about well over 2.5 million square feet of just, not just owned space, but also state leased space. My, my recommendation is that we go through and determine how many of the buildings can be sold in the next 12 to 18 months to return to the private sector and put back on the tax rolls, and then to also look at all those state leases and figure out how many of those can be terminated. Because you can't have it both ways. The, the way that Evers is operating the state right now is 
he's allowing people to stay home, and yet he's also sticking the taxpayer with the bill for buildings that are not getting used. You can't have it both ways. You shouldn't be able to. And so Republicans should be stepping up to make sure we right-size this. Now, the budget was just, uh, you know, we've gone through that budget process. We need for the legislature to step up and, and essentially do a rescission um, to put pressure on the departments and on the administration um, that they're going to have to do something in order to bring down these costs. Because again, you've got 68,000 people, and that's another source of expense for the state. We don't need 68,000 people working for the state of Wisconsin. That's the equivalent of almost the size of the fifth largest city in the state. You know what's interesting, Will? Is I mean, so what would you suggest is a uh, palatable number of state employees? Because you could take a, a, a significant block of those and give them jobs in the private sector, which, you know, there's a lot of workers needed in this state yeah, exactly. in, in the private sector. But what, exactly. so what would you say would be, a, and I mean, maybe you can't without assessing each individual um, entity within the yeah. government. Well, I, it's funny enough you should say that because one of the pieces I'm working on, uh, one of the other columns I'm working on is starting to go through and talk about how much overlap there is in state government across these state agencies. As I mentioned, there are 39 state agencies. We certainly don't need them, and I've got some very specific examples of agencies that overlap with each other. That's just more employees uh, along the way. So. You know, people don't think about how much pension liability the state of Wisconsin has. We get a great pension system for state employees, one of the reasons why people love to work for the state. But we're carrying a lot of expense from those buildings to our labor costs, including uh, the pension outlay. It's a lot of money that the people of Wisconsin are having to pay for. Um, you know, one of the things I used to talk about when we were campaigning is that, you know, at that time, in 22, we were spending $44 billion a year for state government for 5.8 million people living in the state, under 6 million, right? There are 13 million people living in Illinois, which is broke. state is absolutely broke. And they're, they're spending $46 billion for that same time frame. So we're spending $2 billion more in their state budget than we were spending here for that same uh, period of time. And we just got to get much more serious about it. So I'm, I'm actually writing a piece, uh, you know, currently doing the research to look at some of the departments that we could actually either eliminate or consolidate as a part of a, a reform agenda. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, where there's a human, <laughs> there there is going to be some sort of, I don't know, calamity. I, You know, I want to ask you about this. I, I'm just sort of thinking perhaps maybe one of the reasons why the legislature hasn't been, and maybe, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't been uh, paying closer attention to all of this waste in our state government uh, I see that in Oregon, I don't know if you saw this, uh, the Supreme Court blocked 10 Republicans from running for re-election because they had so many, I don't know, unexcused absences yes. as uh, as legislators. And, you know, mm -hmm. I have to wonder, I mean, on both sides of the aisle, how much of that is going on in Wisconsin? Right, right. You know, it's, um, we've got to make sure, 
and this is one of the issues about educating our voters. You know, there's there there needs to be so much more uh, opportunity for people to learn who candidates really are, and, and not just what they say, but what what their practices are, how they really do lead. Are they really going to move and be effective for the people of Wisconsin? This is the kind of thing that we continue to elect folks on both sides of the aisle who talk about, you know, wanting to eliminate waste, but then get there and, you know, don't seem to be too overly concerned about it when, you know, when once they arrive. Have you found a legislator or two that would be willing to take this on and really make it a priority? Maybe, well, I mean, we're sort of in a state of disarray right now because of this redistricting. Because of the map. Yeah, yeah right. even, you know, there's so much going on where, well, for a minute, you know, we're, we're going to, have to sort out who who's serving where, right? And who's going to have to re- rerun for office uh, come this November? So, and I think all of this confusion, um, you know, started by Evers. You know, legislature put forward and approved maps that were ninety nine point seven percent what the governor asked for, and then he vetoed his own maps because he knows he can get a better deal based on the seat they bought on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Well, they got to get and, something for their $10 million, Will. Exactly. So, you know, right now, this is the kind of thing. So when I'm bringing up the kinds of waste that, you know, that's happening, part of what's allowing this to continue on is the fact that, you know, they've, they've pressed on, and they're just going to go through the courts to override the will of the people. Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's madness to think that, four legislators in black robes are going to mm-hmm. make decisions and really disenfranchising voters all over the state especially right. up here in this uh in the uh in our listening area uh, mm-hmm. about it's really not government that will be representative of the people and i know i've heard the argument that, and, and of course the mainstream media here in Wisconsin has taken up that narrative that, oh, we're just, you know, the word fair, of course, depends on how you define the word fair, but the yeah. idea that their claim is that the uh, legislature should be 50-50 because that's more representative of the state of Wisconsin. Well, I you know, I don't even agree with the premise that the state is 50-50. I have said this before, but I believe it's more like 40-40-20. And mm-hmm. for, well, let's just say because of Republican policies and the platform of the Republican Party, the 20% of either undecided, independent, or swing voters have picked Republicans to represent them. And, and right. you know, the way that the Democrats are now trying to really, they're, the true gerrymandering is happening right now. Is, is that they are disenfranchising not only the 40% of Republican voters, but also the swing voters. They're taking away that choice for them. Right. Oh, it's a, totally. And think about this. The state constitution says that the power to redistrict is the legislature's. But what we've done is now we've got a super legislature, and we, we knew this was going to happen when they bought the seat. Now, Protosei, which, uh, you know, is bought and paid for by the Democratic Party. Yeah, and never in our state's history has that ever happened. It's, it's just, it's infuriating. Well, Will, time flies when you're having fun with your favorite lieutenant governor candidate. So um, 
Well, let's make this a regular gig, as we talked about last week when, hey, we, that, when we got together. That would be great. That would be a great. And I know you got to go, but I just wanted to end on yes. um, this to extend condolences to the Tomchik family. I know you know, you and I got a chance to attend the uh, funeral for Dennis uh, Tomchik, uh, Senator uh, Corey Tomchik's dad. Uh, so we just both think of them and, and ask the listeners to keep them in their prayers and, and thoughts as the, the family mourns their loss. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, reminding our listeners about that as well. Well, Will Martin, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Always a, a treat, a delight for me and for our listeners. Look forward to our next chat. Let's get it set up on the books. Hey, that sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, you too. We'll talk soon. Going to the 930 News, followed by your calls on the other side. I'm sure your heads were exploding when, we, when uh, my guest Will was talking about the government waste in the state of Wisconsin, infuriating as it is. Let's chat about it after this break. 715-845-2155 on the Mega Ellison Show on WSAU. 